Welcome back to another episode of Behind the Bench with Carter Eckel. This is episode 111. I'm your host, Carter E., joined by my producer, Jeff Mulvihill Jr. of InstaImage.com. We also have Nevada News Group News Editor Duke Rittenhouse back on the pod again. Duke, I believe you're probably closing in on double digits here, appearances-wise, on, on Behind the Bench. So thanks again for, for joining us this morning. Uh, how, how are your holidays? How, how's things been for you in your world? Uh, good. I, you know, I... Yeah, I don't know. Maybe eight, nine. Yeah, I'll have to. I haven't. I haven't. You know, notarized them or anything. But um, <laughs> no, I've got. I've got two kids that play sports. So my short answer to that is, I go to practices and games, and and that's it. That's and I work, and that's my life. So. Yeah, I, I feel that to some extent, for sure. Uh, we got a lot to talk about today. Of course, before we get into it, would like to thank today's title sponsor. That is Played Against Sports, your best place to go for new and gently used sporting equipment needs. Located in the Topsy Lane Shopping Center, or you can check them out online at www.playedagainsports.com. We got a ton of basketball to talk about. Got some wrestling to touch on as well. Um, but Duke, I think we should start with a little uh, NIAA news that's that's coming uh, hot off the press from yesterday's uh, special board of control meeting. Obviously, uh, people sh- should know or have. Uh, are aware that Donnie Nelson is stepping down at the end of the year as executive director. So uh, yesterday morning's special board of control meeting was set up to kind of start the interview process or start the the application process for the NIAA. Uh, Interesting note, they are just going to open it up nationwide this year. They're not going to kind of keep it condensed to Nevada to start and then potentially go nationwide. They've just said, we're going nationwide. So, you know, who knows where... The next executive director will come from. Uh, they've announced a committee, a search committee, to find that with uh, three voting members from the NIAA Board of Control and then four non-voting uh, liaisons. Duke, as we were talking about coming on, this will be the fifth uh, executive director for the NIAA. Whoever they uh, whoever they hire will be number six. Number six, excuse actually. Me. It's uh, it's it's not a lot of. Uh, well, it's not a lot of people. I, I think uh, back when the office was in Carson City in the '70s, it was you know Burt Cooper who um, who actually passed away a few years ago. But you know, from Burt, you've got all these kind of big personalities, most of them that that came in. What's interesting to me is, yeah, you you already touched on the most interesting part to me. A nationwide search is almost the opposite of what they did last time. I think you know Donnie, who I'm a huge Donnie Nelson fan and have known him forever, but that job was essentially, he did have to apply. I remember I actually was, uh, I think I wrote him a letter of recommendation because he was just perfect for the job and longtime uh, Nevadan, NIAA guy, and uh, the right man got the job. And now they're kind of doing, I, I don't know if it's the opposite, that wouldn't be the right word. It's a different philosophy. Mm-hmm. I mean, because we could be, I believe the, the man before Donnie, who I actually never met, was from Utah, Bart Thompson. Um, and I, I don't know. I'm not sure. I think I have an opinion. I'm kind of pro Nevada, but on the other hand, maybe do they feel like they have to go nationwide? And as you touched on, what does that mean? Is um, you know, is it a guy from New Jersey? Is it you know someone from Montana? These guys all tend to know each other, mm-hmm. which is funny. They 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 go to a lot of the same conventions and stuff like that. And you know, uh, for those who remember Eddie Bonine, um, who uh, did it for many years. Up until I want to say about 2016-ish, 15 maybe, but Eddie went to Louisiana and took the same position, 
So the, again, it, you know, these guys know each other. It, there's precedent for this. I just, I think it could be anyone is, is what I'm getting at. And assuming they, they hire somebody by their timeline, it'll give them three months to, to kind of settle in under Donnie. They, at least the way they, they, the way they phrased it was they were hoping that they'd have somebody hired by April, early April, announced, you know, finals through March, and then, you know, announce who's next in early April and give them, you know, through June when, when Donnie officially steps down, uh, time to kind of learn underneath him. But, you know, the one thing we've talked about plenty, when especially with the realignment stuff, is just kind of how unique this state is. And that's where I do think having somebody who's from Nevada would would help, would help kind of maybe streamline any of the, the transition process just because, you know, as we, we've discussed and as everybody here is aware, it's Las Vegas, it's Reno, and then... Uh, it's a whole bunch of very sparsely populated areas. So, you know, trying to find that that mix is 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 going to be unique, and we'll see how stuff changes under under new executive director. I, I guess I don't have any more thoughts on that, other than that that's something people should be all, uh, aware of. That's that's coming up. There is another board of control meeting coming up here in uh, about eight days. Um, so that'll be early, or late next week. Am I? Times I'll throw it off. I guess it'll be right around the same time next week. It's uh, seventeenth and eighteenth. Yeah. yeah, and you know, there's a there's an interesting transition for you. Uh, if we want to transition away from that, I, I scrolled through the agenda real quick. Uh, towards the end is a couple things that uh, some of our listeners might be interested in. Um, throwing, they want to throw this on future agendas, but they'll at least discuss it. Two things that jumped out to me was uh, girls wrestling as a full NIAA sport, just like any other sport. Um, that will be discussed. And the second one was shot clock for basketball. Um, it, you know, not to, uh, I, I will refrain from going really deep into the weeds here, but this is how the NIAA works. Things things are never decided in one meeting. Right. It's always a discussion item. Then you get placed on a future agenda, and then things start happening. And they're very, also, it's a, they have to adhere to, to open meeting laws and stuff like that. So they're very, very cautious is what I'm saying. But to, to get those two items into a printed agenda, uh, if you're interested in either of those things, is huge. It, it's it's essentially the step you need for these things to happen. Maybe, you know, maybe an announcement like on Girls Wrestling could come as soon as two meetings from now mm-hmm. or something like that. Yeah, and the shot clock thing will be interesting to hear uh, more of their discussion. I know it was kind of... It felt very kind of last minute this year where they were like, you know what, if you've got one, go ahead and use it for non-league games and, you know, it'll it'll count. But not everybody's going to have them and, you know, it's just going to kind of be on, on, on you know, school by school basis. Uh, curious to see them, you know, actually kind of nail that down because that does seem like it's where it's headed. I, it, it, it seems pretty much across the board. I, mean, I guess I'm not... I'm, not sure how many states there are left without shot clocks, but you know, I imagine it, it kind of comes down to the same things we probably discussed when this first appeared was just some of these smaller schools, who's going to run them, who's going to pay for them, that's, so on and so forth. That's what I've been hearing is it is, uh, you know, out at Eureka High, mm-hmm. you know, who's who's going to do it? And, and I think that's one of the reasons the pushback a couple years ago was from I, my understanding is the smaller schools. Carter, have you seen one? Covering a game, have you? I have I not have in not. Nevada. No, yeah. no, not out here. Yeah, no, I have not. I have not run into one yet. Um, I'm not too sure I will, but I do know our schools in our coverage area are already kind of putting the the process in motion to get those set up. Um, but I have not actually seen any yet 
in person. And I suppose this is kind of the, the perfect transition into uh, some some basketball stuff that's been going on. Obviously, we are really in the thick of league play now. Everybody's played about six, maybe seven league games to this point. Uh, so, you know, still time for standings to change, but teams are also starting to get a look at how the North is going to shake out this year in the 4A. I'm going to start with Douglas that took on Spanish Springs uh, Saturday at home in Minden. Douglas jumped all over the Cougars early on, went up 21-5 after the first quarter, and then the Cougars just slowly chipped away. And uh, before you knew it, it was 49-45, I think, early in the fourth quarter. Spanish Springs shot something like 27 free throws in the second half alone. Uh, was able to cut it to cut it to four, like I said, and then and then Douglas's offense kind of figured it out. They got a couple quick buckets from Jet Layman and Trace Estes, and the defense kind of buckled down and they held them off uh, there for for a win. It was certainly not as convincing as it could have been, but you know a good win nonetheless for Douglas bouncing back from a Thursday loss to Galena, which which Duke was at. Uh, Duke, I guess I'm curious from your thoughts from that game and, and what you saw there, which uh, a game I know Galena won. Yeah, I, 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 it was an enjoyable game, and and I, I like watching Douglas. I think, uh, I think Coach Thacker, the the team takes on his personality, which is always fighting, always looking for an angle. They play smart, and if you're a Tigers fan, the the result wasn't the one you wanted, and, and the record could be better. But um, it, it's a, it's a funny thing in that I like you know if you took the names off the uniforms, I really liked Douglas. I, I liked the way I, they play hard, they play. Fairly fast, and they don't have. I wouldn't call it overwhelming size. Uh, I, I'm I'm not sure in the north we have that super tall team this season. Sometimes we do. I don't think we do. But I'd say their size is good. I like their size, and that's how they got back into into the game. Uh, kind of like you just mentioned, um, it was a big lead. I believe Galena led 21-7 at the end of okay, one. Yeah. And so same situation. Now it's Douglas that that spent the whole time chipping back. They got within. They got within eight, and actually Galena needed a couple timeouts. And I thought, you know, anything can happen here. They get. A, I, I like them. I, I think they take on the personality of their coach, like a lot of teams do. And they played right to the buzzer. And I think better things are are coming for them. As you mentioned, you know, Spanish Springs. If you ever see them, they're they're the ones that have the warm up shirts that have six straight titles on them. They've won, I believe, at six or tied for six straight regular season titles. They're going to have to get rid of those shirts. They're not going to. I don't think they're going to win it this year. And one of the reasons is Douglas beat them. You know, so uh, it's kind of a kind of a winding answer. But I enjoyed it. It was fun. I'm glad I got to see them. And I, I think better things are coming. It's it's kind of wild looking at these four A North standings, as I kind of alluded to. You got Damani and Reno at the top. Damani has not lost yet in league. They are six and zero. Reno is six and one with that only loss coming to Damani. And then it's just a big old cluster of everybody else between three and three and eight uh spanish springs is three and three galena's three and three douglas is three and three bishop minogue is three and four reeds looked really impressive at times but they're two and four uh, mcqueen is also two and four and then carson is sitting down there looking for their first league win as well but you know if you would have told me coming into this season that the third seed in the 4a north was probably going to have five six seven losses i'm not sure i would have believed you usually it's it's fairly top heavy with the top you know three four teams and this year right now it seems like two teams are kind of separating themselves from the pack and then everybody else is figuring it out and you know come tournament time that could totally change but through the regular season or through six seven league games in the regular season it's it's very interesting in the in the 4a north uh duke you also saw carson at galena that game 
had it had its moments as well. Uh, what did you pick up from from that one? You touched on it, right? Carson is looking for good things to happen. You know, they they need something good to happen, and you know, again. I feel like I'm looking at a team that's super close. They they led after one. It was tied at halftime. Carson had its moments. I'm not sure to be, you know, I think they would probably agree with this. I'm not sure they're super deep, you know, so that can be a problem. It, but, I, you know, I'm, I'm a big uh, Muhammad Fall fan now. Um, and, uh, you know, when you've got that size and uh, he's an inside-outside mm-hmm. guy, when you've got that size and then you still lead the team in three-pointers, I mean, there's something... Everyone has got to game plan for that. I mean, they've got to say, look, he could he could go back, to, he could turn his back to the basket, which you know you'd think, okay, sure, but also, oh, he's drifting up, you know, above the uh, top of the key. Well, we can't just you know leave him there. So I think you know at, at our level of high school basketball, I think it's good to have a weapon like that, and Carson does. I think that will translate. I really do. I don't think they're going to go zero on the left side. But on the other hand, you know, they've got to put uh, the four quarters together to, to whip out some of my favorite cliches that, you know, they've got to do. They've got to do all that. Um, and then, you know, a, as we talk about the schedule, they've got a, a big one coming up against their rival. Mm-hmm. I mean, that should be having seen them. I think that should be a, a entertaining game. Yeah. Carson Douglas this Friday in Carson. Uh you know, Carson also starts this week uh, tonight at Bishop Minogue as well. So a really tough slate of things, especially on the girls' side for Carson, who will get the top two teams uh, in in the north there. Before I switch over to uh, the girls' side, I will say that to kind of just follow Duke's point about them putting together four quarters, it'll be it'll be good for the Carson boys' team to kind of be back at, at full strength. I know they're they're getting some players back from some some off the court stuff, and then they also have their their point guard, who was an all region player last year, who it sounds like might be getting closer and closer to coming back from uh, that ACL tear, and he could be available in the the kind of the second half, if not a little later on in the, in the league slate. So. You know, by the time February rolls around, they may look a little different than they do now, and that that could be enough to put some, puts a scare into some of those teams, um, especially given how clustered the the three through eight group is. It seems like any one of them could could win or lose on on any given day. Again, to follow the the great cliches of uh, high school hoops. Yeah, we should keep a counter. I think we've used three or four <laughs> so far, but they're good. You know, sometimes they're true. Mm-hmm. You know, that's why they're cliches. That's, they're, they're, that's but they get used all the time. The uh, you know we we've kind of danced around this a little bit, but um, you know, for anyone who follows it, we're about to we're about to switch over at the halfway point where we where we go play at the other school for for everyone. I think that could be interesting. Um, we we only do sixteen league games up at the top level. Everyone is kind of approaching the halfway point. And now you get everyone, you know, at the other gymnasium, which is a, another reason I, I think Carson's going to pick up a couple. And, um, you know, Damani Ranch might not be able to finish undefeated. You know, it's you've seen these people once. Now you get them again, especially if you can get them at home, which, I, you know, I won't break that down completely. But um, the, we do a true home and home here. And that's I think that's the way to do it. And I, I think the second half might not go the, exactly the way, how the first half has gone. Yeah, switching over to the girls' side of things where, uh, you know, again, Douglas played Spanish Springs on Saturday. The girls were competing for pretty much the the sole share of the two-seed. Obviously, like we said, we're only through six games, so a little early to be, be saying that's where they're going to finish just yet. But uh, the winner would have, or the winner did get the outright 
uh, claims to the two seed, which was Douglas. Uh, they looked pretty good in a 51-40 win, held the Cougars to just five points in the fourth quarter as they pulled away there. You know, if you look at kind of the, the points against in, in league games and through through the first three or for, through the first six seven games of the season, I mean, you can kind of see who's starting to break away from the pack here between Minogue, Douglas, and Spanish Springs. They easily have uh, the best defense when it comes to to league games. There, uh, Damani is has had a nice bounce back season. They are four and two in league play as well. And then you got Reno, Galena, McQueen, Reed, and then Carson there at zero and six as well. But an impressive win from from Douglas Haley Coons dropped fourteen points. I talked to her post game. Uh, she's kind of been their big inside who's, you know, capable of giving them anywhere between six to 14 points and is going to grab seven boards. And they got some really nice guard play between McKenzie Maine, Skylar Rasmussen, Sora Simpson will occasionally handle the ball. They've got a lot of a lot of different weapons. And it's a team that I've said this multiple times, and I probably said this last year, too, where, you know, they may not have anybody give you 20 points on any given night, but they could have eight different players score eight points. And uh, you start doing the math on that, that adds up really fast, especially when you're only allowing 35, 40 points on the defensive end. So Douglas absolutely looks like a team to beat. And of course, they uh, have a rivalry game, as we said, against Carson on Friday. Carson, I saw play Reed on on Thursday, excuse me, and then they took on Galena Saturday, two tight games. That Galena game went to overtime. Duke, I know you were there for the end of that. Uh, Carson, I know from talking to Nate Tolbert, was kind of kind of shook things up Saturday as far as the lineup went, and they saw some results they liked. And again, this may be a team that's that's kind of lurking in the weeds that you know people may write off, but it may be time to not do that so much anymore. I mean, if you're Carson, isn't that? What you do, you're in a no-lose situation. You, you want to get some results, and and uh, your 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 drama on the coaching side. It's not the girls' fault. They, no. you know what I mean. It's and that's you just kind of say, okay, this is not ideal. Uh, no one asked for this. Um, obviously, with with Nate, you have an experienced guy. Mm-hmm. And that's not what I'm saying. I'm, I'm just saying the drama was unneeded. And yeah. so let's mix up some lineups. You know, I mean, if I was Carson, I'd I'd press, you know, and then take off the press, and then I'd run zone, and then I'd run man-to-man. You know, you've got nothing to lose, and I'm telling you, it really was close. They almost, mm, uh, they were within a possession of that game not even going to overtime. You know, that they probably should have had them in regulation, and it's just, you know, one of those things. And again, in the return matchup, maybe they win by 10, Mm -hmm. you know. And, uh, you know, just a quick shout-out to Galena. I'm not sure... Mia Turner will have a triple double next time they play as well with you know twenty eight points, thirteen boards, and ten steals. Uh, and you usually don't see the steals factoring into those those kind of counting stats. Uh, would also like to you know send kind of a, a heartfelt thoughts and, and prayers to Jaylene Yarrow of Bishop Minogue, uh, a Dresserville native who uh, tore her tore up her knee again and has at least according to her dad on Facebook has medically retired from from playing basketball. So that's a tough loss for Bishop Minogue there. I know she was. Had been sniffing some uh, some Division One offers before um, injuries kind of kind of took hold there. So our best to her as well. Um, real quickly, Duke, anything else you want to touch on on the basketball side before I quickly delve off into some wrestling results? No, I think we've we've covered it. To me, again, I think it's interesting that um, I think uh, there's some, this is Rivalry Friday unofficially. Uh, it's not you know it's not the exact same as football, but I think there's a lot of good uh, rivalry games Friday. Then we kind of make that 
uh, rotation into the second half of the season. Um, I think there's a lot to look for. And um, like I said, I, I'm looking for actually for our local schools. I'm looking for some better results. So we'll, we'll see if I'm right. Yeah, absolutely. Flipping over to the wrestling side of things, Douglas went out to Raleigh Lane Invitational in, I think, Nampa, Idaho, if I'm not mistaken. I believe that's the name of the, the yeah. town. It's uh, uh, Nampa Caldwell. It's it's, okay. pretty, it's pretty big. College okay. of Idaho's there. I will admit I'm not super familiar with, with Idaho, so they got me there. Uh, Ella Cavanaugh on the girls' side took fifth in the 100-pound bracket. Um Powered through her first three matches, two wins by fall, another by major decision um, before falling in the semis and then in that uh, consolation semis and then winning in the fifth place match. Picked up 20 team points for Douglas's. As a girls team, they finished 35th out of 73 teams competing. Boys were 69th out of 88 teams at, at Raleigh Lane. And for those of you unfamiliar, it's a big tournament. There are a lot of schools there from all over the, the western United States and even maybe into kind of the central part of the United States. I'm honestly not terribly sure there, but, you know, 88 teams, they're not all coming from Nevada. So uh, <laughs> Sage 80 on the boys' side uh, had, a, had another nice performance as well. He went 5-2 and two on the tournament. Um, before falling in the sixth round of the consolation to end his tournament. Aaron Tekanzik made it into the quarterfinals with a 3-0 start, but fell by major decision and decision in his next two matches there. Uh, Carson Wrestling did not go out to the Raleigh Lane Invitational this year. A little bit of a scheduling change for them. Instead, they went down south to Centennial and had two individuals win their respective uh, age brackets, or excuse me, respective weight brackets. Kiona Bassa went 4-0 and at 120 pounds. And then Dominic Porter backed up his third place at the Sierra Nevada Classic with a 4-0 first place finish at heavyweight down at Centennial. So impressive stuff for him. Here's something even more impressive. All four of Dominic Porter's wins came within the first 50 seconds of every match. So he pinned everybody pretty much right away. Carson also went 2-0 in the first day portion of the dual meet with wins over Faith Lutheran and Western. Carson's at home uh, tomorrow being Wednesday for a triangular against McQueen and Damani Ranch there. So wrestling also getting into that that league slate of duels where they will start matching up with each other and getting a real good look at, you know, who's on uh, who's on everybody else's team, though. You know, these kids seem to wrestle against each other enough that they might already have a pretty good idea of what that looks like there. Anything else you're looking for this week as we get into, uh, like you said, rivalry week? We got Carson Douglas Friday, uh, some more games tonight. I think everybody locally is on the road. Um, but anybody else you think is worth touching on while we are still here? I'll throw a little curveball at you, and, and uh, we can... We can end it here if you want, but did you see the Nevada Wolfpack is 14-1? and one? Yes, I have been following them. <laughs> they are a fun basketball team to watch. My goodness. they they uh, they uh, We don't usually do a ton of pack here, and, and there's good reasons for that. But um, I'd say people are, that I'm seeing on like uh, my social media, people are fascinated by the idea of getting into the top 25. And I, I get it. It's kind of a fun thing, right, if you, if you can say you're a top 25 team. Uh, two games this week, my prediction, if they sweep... Air Force and Boise State. I think they will be twenty fourth on Monday. Ooh, That's okay. Why. There you go. Okay. There's your there's your bold ta- bold prediction. I know that that one loss came to Drake, another star studded mid major program uh, based out of. Des Moines, that's, that's always good. Imagine they have that win. They are sitting very comfortably oh, in, the, in the top be, 25. Along with Houston, they'd be the only they'd be the only undefeated. But So, yeah, there's there's a hot take for you. The pack will be ranked on Monday. Book it. Uh, bet on it. 
uh, bet bet unrealistically. <laughs> so I guarantee it's going to happen. No, don't do any of that. <laughs> and Duke is not funding that. This is where we put the uh, disclaimer at the end that gambling yeah. could go horribly wrong. <laughs> <laughs> no, don't do any of that. Seriously. <laughs> All right. Well, that's going to do it for this episode of Behind the Bench. Thanks, as always, to Played Against Sports for sponsoring this week's episode. Your best place to go for new and gently used sporting equipment needs. You can also check them out Online at playedagainsports.com or in the Topsy Lane Shopping Center. Thanks, as always, to Jeff Mulvihill for his production and editing assistance. Check out all his work at instaimage.com. And we will catch you guys next week. Take it easy. Take it easy.